Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon to you and yours on this Thanksgiving week. Great to be with you. Hope you had a fabulous weekend. If you're a football fan of our local teams, well, you got to be ebullient. LSU with a big win. How about McNeese ends their season on a three-game winning streak and the Saints come out of the doldrums to beat the Rams to improve to four and seven. We'll talk about all this and much, much more for the next two hours as we come to you live and in living color. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair inside the game studio. He's spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. It's on the campus of Delta Media which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles, 1041 FM, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you want to put a face to the voice, well, we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, they haven't uh, been in the World Cup in eight years, and right now the USA is in Qatar and uh, leading one zip in their first match. It's kind of exciting. Lots of USA chants out there. It's kind of, kind of. I'm kind of getting into it. It's because because soccer. You score a goal. They come so infrequently, unless you're London, England today that scored six, but they're so rare. That's like kicking a game-winning field goal at the buzzer. Place goes crazy. So we'll keep you updated on that. The Saints bounce back. Andy Dalton was uh, was. Re- you talk about a roller coaster ride. He's either it's either feast or famine. He's either really good or he's really bad. And yesterday he was really good. Twenty-one completions in 25 passing attempts 260 yards three touchdowns and no interceptions the saints um trailed 14 to 10 at the half came out and scored two touchdowns in the third held the rams scoreless and then held on for a 27 to 20 win and believe it or i hate to keep harping on this but they're still I don't know if it's fool's gold, fool's hope, whatever. Tampa Bay's five and five. The Falcons get a win. They're five and six. And the Saints are four and seven and just kind of hanging around. Uh, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, LSU took care of their business. Um, you know, Dan Bournet says chance of rain never. Well, it was a nasty night, a cold and wet night in Tiger Stadium. Sixth-ranked LSU took care of their business after a, you know, they score on the opening drive and then they fall asleep on special teams, give up about a 60-yard return. UAB ties the score. LSU goes up 14-7. to UAB comes back again, kicks a field goal, so it's 14-10, and you're going, hmm. Well, after trading scores on each of their first two possessions, 
Tigers pulled away with 27 unanswered points for a comfortable 41-10 win over UAB. Tigers are now 9-2 and on the season with their fifth consecutive win. So the polls come out. The AP poll has LSU at number 6. The USA Today, let's see. The USA Today coaches poll has LSU at number six. We'll await tomorrow with the college football playoff committee where Georgia will be number one, Ohio State will be number two, Michigan will be number three, TCU will be number four. It will be interesting to see Southern Cal wins over US UCLA in the Rose Bowl, is that three-point win over your rival in your conference more significant than LSU's 31-point win over UAB? Uh, I don't know. That's going to be the big, big check, and we will see. I feel I feel awful for um, Hendon Hooker. I don't feel bad for Tennessee. Sorry, Tennessee. You got... You got blasted, blasted by South Carolina. Your chances, and Reese Davis, sorry, um, your, your thoughts about Tennessee being um, in and LSU being out because of their one-on-one matchup. Well, um, wow. Tennessee laid the big golden goose egg and got pummeled by South Carolina, but Hendon Hooker's college career is officially over. The quarterback for the Vols tore his ACL. Uh, he left Sunday uh, Saturday's game in Columbia during the third quarter, and that's just a shame. He had a, a an amazing season, an amazing career, um, and I hate to see that happen to him. So uh, he threw for 3,135 yards, 27 touchdowns with just two interceptions on the season but um his team did not show up so we will see what the polls have to say tomorrow push comes to shove and if you're asking me my opinion i got a sneaky feeling lsu fans are going to be none too happy i think usc is going to move ahead of them i just have a funny funny feeling that two losses uh, but you know we can we we can all pull for Notre Dame because that's who's next up for the USC Trojans. Uh, meanwhile, LSU basketball playing out. Uh, yeah, these 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 Thanksgiving weeks are always fun for college basketball. They're in the Cayman Islands. Yesterday they're walking up and down the beach, bright sun, warm temps. Oh my gosh, jealousy is crawling all over me. Well, today they rode the back of forward K.J. Williams, who scored early. He scored often. He finished with a season-high 33 points, and LSU took care of business 77-61 over Illinois State. Yes, so Williams had a monster first half, 22 points, six rebounds, three assists. LSU led 45-18 to after 20 minutes, and they kind of put it in cruise control and moved on from there. LSU moved into the winner's bracket of the three-day tournament. Um, They will play again tomorrow at 12.30 against the winner of Akron and Western Kentucky. The game will be available uh, on Flow Hoops, a subscription-based streaming service. Never heard of Flow Hoops 
in my life. But congratulations to the men. Uh, the women yesterday did it again. They're 5-0. and They have scored over 100 points in five games. Northwestern State, the Demons, were the latest victim. Lady Tigers win it 100-45. Um Angel Reese, 23 points, 19 rebounds. The freshman, Flojake Johnson, 27 points and 10 rebounds. So basketball so far doing pretty well. The Cajuns had a tough one, but you know what? They took the money and put it all in the bank. They got hammered by Florida State. Now they get Texas State for a chance to get bowl eligible this weekend. That's the, that's the best they can do. For the Cowboys of McNeese, Deontay McMahon saved his best for last. The senior running back. Ran for a personal best 239 yards on 20 carries. McNeese, 24. Lamar, 20. Saturday night in Cowboy Stadium. McNeese finished the season on a three-game win streak. It's first since 2019. They finished 4-7 and overall, 2-4 and in the Southland Conference. And as Gary Goff said, this team could have thrown in the towel, but it never did. So... That is pretty darn cool. Let me tell you what we have in store for you and yours today. Um, Chris Rosevoglu will join us. We'll talk all about the Saints and uh, their win over the Rams. Boy, how mighty, how quickly the mighty have fallen. The Rams, Super Bowl champs a year ago. Man, they're just not a good team. Not a good team at all. So we'll talk about that. Glenn West will join us. Um, And we'll talk all about this LSU football team. You know, rainy weather, nobody in the stands, cold, nasty. They just took care of business. It was like they were playing a nameless, faceless opponent, and they were just out there to execute what they needed to do. Heck, they were down two running backs, down their starting center, down one of their wide receivers. Hey, it's just boom, 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 let's go. Now you know. LSU's a 10-point favorite over Texas A&M, and this, this is the Super Bowl for Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. They're going to come out and give you everything they have got because they're not going bowling. This, this is their salvage for their season. If they can say, hey, man, we beat uh, the fifth or I think the sixth-ranked team in the country in LSU, and we're building for next year. So LSU needs to be ready. Ali Cassell will join us in hour number two. The Pels have a ball game tonight against the Golden State Warriors, who finally won on the road for the first time this season last night against Houston. They beat the Rockets 127-120. They're almost unbeatable when you get this kind of a stat line. Klay Thompson, 41 points in 36 minutes. Steph Curry, 33 points. On only, uh, you know, in 37 minutes. And Andrew Wiggins, 22 points in 37 minutes. Those three, if I do my higher math, that's 74. That is 96 points from three. Three players. They get that kind of production. Man, they are tough to beat. It was great to see Clay Thompson go 10 for 13 from downtown. You talk of another feaster fan. He's either on, and when he's on, get out of the way because he's going to put on a show. Hasn't been on much this year, but now he is, much to the chagrin of the Pelicans, who Zion Williamson swears, swears he's playing tonight. 
So we'll talk to Ali Casella about that. And Blake Rafino will join us more on these LSU Tigers. And we'll see what he thinks the Tigers uh, will be placed in the college football playoff poll. All right, the game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armentar Jewelers and the Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. We'll take a timeout. We'll recap the Saints win. When we return, this is the Jordy Helpert Show, and we're on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You may debate which Thanksgiving side dish to serve this year. Green bean casserole or sweet potato casserole. Yummy. Classic stuffing or oyster dressing. Hashtag yummy. But there is no debate when it comes to who cooks up the very best sports talk. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back. Saints with a 27-20 win over the Rams. And believe it or not, they're still kind of lurking around. The Tampa Bay Bucks had the week off. They're 5-5. Five and five. I don't know how Atlanta keeps winning. They don't. I, I just don't know how they do it. Their numbers don't belay it, but... They beat the Bears 27-24, so they're 5-6. and six. Saints are 4-7. Let's get a recap of all of it and get the thoughts of our guests. Who covers the Saints in a great way? It's Mr. Chris Roseverglue. Chris, happy Thanksgiving week, my friend. Nice little present for us before Thanksgiving. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. And, uh, yeah, a little, little bit of a pleasant surprise with the way they played that game yesterday against the Rams. What's the deal with Andy Dalton? It's either, I mean, it's feast or famine. Is it really, really good? Oh, he's not so good at all. But yesterday, he was terrific. Yeah, no, he was. And, and I think Andy Dalton's kind of proven to us, you know, he is who we thought he was. And, and for, for better or worse, you know, for some games when the game script's going their way and they're playing clean football, he's going to play that game-managing style offense. And sometimes even better than that, you know, thinking about the touchdown pass he had to Chris Olave, that was probably his best throw uh, of the entire season. And look, if, if next week against the 49ers he struggles against a top-10 defense led by D'Amico Ryans, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's just kind of where he's at, where I think Andy Dalton is kind of a bridge quarterback at the moment. But look, if he plays like he did yesterday, or at least somewhat close to that, you don't expect him to have three touchdowns, no picks every week, that gives the Saints a chance to win. And I think part of that was the way they incorporated Taysom Hill more, took a little bit less responsibility off of Andy Dalton's shoulders, but he was great. I really, you know, watching the game, I thought he only had one mistake the whole time on the trick play where he didn't see Kamara. Other than that, I'd say his best performance as a member of the Saints. And Alave uh, put it to the Rams' best defensive back, Jalen Ramsey. At least he says he's their best back. He says he's the best back and defensive back in, in football, but he just blew past him. Alave's been consistently good. He had uh, six targeted, tick, six targeted passes. He caught five of them. 102 yards, a touchdown, of course, the long of 53. Um, he has been all that and then some. He has third 100-yard receiving game that he's that he's had this season. And I think for Chris Olave, what's been so impressive, we saw him have good moments earlier in the season with Jameis Winston. And when Jameis went down, people thought, hey, they don't really have that quarterback who has a deep arm. How does that affect his game? 
really hasn't affected him all that much. And I know people don't want to throw this word out there this early in his career, but through the first 11 weeks of, of his NFL career, he's kind of been quarterback-proof. And you can't say that about every wide receiver, but for Chris Olave, he's made that happen. And I think the only knock I could ever say on Chris Olave is he's taken two really tough hits to the head this year, which really isn't his fault. So he's been outstanding. His route running has been excellent. He, he flashes that speed on a weekly basis, like you mentioned, the Jalen Ramsey play. And I'd say Olave looks so good that when eventually the time comes for Michael Thomas and the Saints to go their separate ways, the fan base won't be that upset about it because you have your wide receiver one in Chris Olave. Uh, it was a clean game, no turnovers by either team. Um, you know, Lutz was a perfect two for two um, in field goal kicking. Gillikin uh, did his job as well. He was inside of his five punts. Three were inside the 20. His long was 55. So, uh, special teams did their part. Where, where did this game turn around in your part? Because it was a, um, you know, the Rams came ahead and, and got a 14 uh, 10 lead at the half. And you're thinking, okay, well, what's going on? What, what was the turnaround in your, in your mind? I think part of it was the offensive line play of the Saints in the second half. They did an excellent job of saying, you know, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, those guys aren't going to wreck the game. And, Earlier on, there was a moment where the Saints gave up back-to-back sacks, and I kind of thought, okay, here we go. The backup offensive linemen are going to kind of get pushed around. That didn't happen in the second half, and we saw that early with that methodical drive in the third quarter. A lot of plays from Andy Dalton and Jarvis Landry, which was also a nice thing to see in that game. And I think that was part of the equation. And then for the Saints defensively, you know, is their run defense where it's supposed to be? No, I, I would like to see it be better, but... They did a good job in the second half when Stafford went down and Bryce Perkins had a couple of big runs early. They shut that down immediately, and they said, okay, we're going to make you have to beat us with your arm. And obviously Bryce Perkins, the third-string quarterback of the Rams, that's not really his M.O. So I think the Saints did a good job of getting after the quarterback, despite not even having their defensive line there. Even Peyton Turner went down, but guys like Caden Ellis stepped up. Guys like Geno Passanio stepped up. And offensively, I give credit to the O-line. Despite having three starters out, they stepped up and, Again, Andy Dalton, if you get the ball out quick and you move the chains effectively, he keeps them on schedule, and this is one of those games where he did just that. Two uh, teams that desperately needed a win that had their proverbial backs to the playoff walls, so to speak. Uh, the Saints seem to be a little bit more desperate than the Rams did. I don't know what, what the deal is with, with L.A. I can't, I can't figure that out, how you go from uh, being so good to being so not so good. Um I don't get it, but the Saints are four and seven, and they they still got a pulse. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And and I will say, even if it doesn't end up in them winning the division, and I still feel like that that just seems so tough because the next two games you have Forty ers and then the Bucks. Right. But look, Forty ers Bucks, Falcons are their next three. Hypothetically, if they won the two division games, they'd be sitting pretty. So we'll see what happens there. But I think for this team, the fact that they actually played with a lot of energy after they looked lifeless against the Steelers. That's a positive sign because that tells you, one, guys aren't quitting on this season despite how tough it's been. And two, whether people like it or not and people are talking about hot seat or not on the hot seat, guys are still playing for Dennis Allen, and that matters for him because as the season progresses and there's only really six games left, he's got to show this front office when the season's over that, look, no matter the situation, these guys continue to play hard uh, for me, and, and, and that does matter in this whole grand equation. So I, I was really happy with the effort that they gave and when the game started with an Alvin Kamara drop pass on the offensive end, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. It's going to be a, yeah. you know, a lethargic outing. But they didn't yeah. do that, and, and, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And hopefully 
they can have a similar performance against the 49ers this Sunday. And look, they came out of the locker room. They opened the third quarter with a nine-play, 75-yard touchdown uh, drive. Seven of the nine plays wound up uh, with the ball in either Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, Taysom Hill's hands. Uh, in other words, they found their best players in Jarvis Landry. They found their best players and got them the ball. Somehow, some way, they figured it out finally. Do you see this formula of Hill and Dalton rotating as much as they did the rest of the way? I think they kind of have to. And, and I yeah. know it's not the typical thing. And, and Dennis Allen even said there were times where Andy Dalton was frustrated during the week because they implemented so many plays for Taysom Hill that – I guess you don't really get to get into rhythm. You know, the second drive of the game, him and Taysom literally alternated at quarterback every single play of that drive. So I think it, that could be tough. But if you're the Saints, you've you got to put everyone's feelings to the side and say what's going to give us the best chance of winning games. And for the entire season, their best chance is when Taysom Hill has the ball in his hands and he's able to make plays. And whether people like it or not, and numbers are numbers, and you could kind of bend them in a way that makes things look better – the Saints are 3-0 this year when Taysom Hill has nine touches, uh, nine carries or more. And I'm not <laughs> saying if he gets nine carries, it's an automatic win. But what it does tell you, though, when he gets the ball more, when he has more opportunities to uh, create plays for the Saints, they have a better chance of winning. So I think this is something they should at least experiment with for the next two weeks, especially against Tampa Bay in, on Monday night and two weeks from now because you saw how rough that offense was in week two against Tampa Bay's defense. And if it keeps working, stick with it. And if not, then you got to figure something out. But for now, you're 1-0 with that 2QB formula, and, and let's see if you can push it to 2-0. Chris Rose for glue with us. It didn't uh, hurt the Saints that um, after they scored that touchdown to open up the third, Demario Davis and Tano Passanon got a uh, sack of Matthew Stafford that knocked him out for the rest of the game with a concussion. Um, Stafford's backup quarterback was out, so they had to go to their third – emergency court john walford was out they went to bryce perkins uh and that was all she wrote right that was all she wrote it wasn't and i know it sounds crazy because i talked about it yesterday with people and and you know people might say oh you're just looking to pat the team on the back i was thoroughly pleased that they didn't really let up off the gas and and even though bryce perkins comes in that they were full throttle and they had you know back-to-back sacks late in the game because it's so easy for Stafford to go down and, and, you know, Bryce Perkins, you know, former Virginia quarterback who's a mobile guy, come in and, and maybe run all over this defense. And he did for the first time he was in there. He had a couple of nice runs. They settled for a field goal. But after that, like you said, that was all she wrote. And I credit the Saints a lot. They've struggled with mobile quarterbacks in the past, didn't struggle when Stafford went down against Perkins. And, look, the Saints are just as banged up as the Rams, if not more. No so uh, credit where it's due for sure. Well, they're still teasing us, Chris. They're still teasing us. We're still pulling for Tampa Bay to lose next week. We got to pull for the Falcons to lose and Saints against the 49ers. Seen stranger things, right? How about how about the Lions blowing out um the Giants and the Cowboys blowing out the Vikings? So you never know in the NFL. Things can happen, but um we shall see. But happy Thanksgiving, man. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate your time. Who that? Thank you so much, Jordy. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys and the rest of the crew. All right, buddy. Chris Rosenblum does a great job covering the New Orleans Saints. If you're looking for great stocking stuffers this holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member 
of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So uh, why don't you go and sign up today? We'll quickly take a quick timeout when we come back. Can LSU beat Georgia in the SEC championship game? Can they do it? Well, um, Brian Kelly's on the verge of uh, having the most remarkable season maybe ever in LSU football history. We'll talk about that much, much more with Glenn West when we return here to the Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. There is nothing worse on Thanksgiving than sitting at the table eating a piece of dry turkey. Water. Water, please. Your turkey may be like eating cardboard, but there's nothing dry about the sports talk here at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, down to one final game in the regular season, and that will be Saturday against the Texas A&M Aggies in College Station, and it's off to Atlanta for the SEC Championship game. The Tigers 9-2 and two now, thanks to their 41-10 win over uh, the UAB Blazers. Glenn West, kind enough to join us as he does each and every Monday to get his thoughts on the action. Uh, Glenn, happy Thanksgiving early to you, my friend. Yes, happy Thanksgiving week, Jordy. How are you? I'm terrific. All I can say is Jaden Daniels. That's all I can say. 297 yards passing and a touchdown. He ran for 111 yards and a score. When a dude plays like that, this tough team to beat. Yeah, I mean, you you just said it. I mean, he's been fantastic for them really the last six, seven games of the season. Um, Just – you kind of running out of superlatives for him, honestly. I think he's really been, you know, our, honestly one of the most improved players in all of college football. Yep. Um, I, I think you can make the argument that that was his most efficient game uh, of the entire season last uh, last Saturday, and uh, really just an impressive game. I mean, it, the conditions were not great. I can be the first to tell you, like, it was cold, it was rainy, it was mu- it was just miserable. Not- it was miserable for, yep. for a football game. And honestly, shout out to all the LSU fans that stayed four quarters for that because uh, those are some really dedicated, passionate really people are. right there. <laughs> they um, really are. And, and you know, LSU kind of pulled away there uh, very early on. I, I think that was a really good sign. Um, yeah. it, you know, they scored touchdowns on four of their first five possessions and uh, was really off to the races from there. And it was good to see. Kind of the offense get back on a get back on track after a little, little bit of a letdown against Arkansas. Yeah, they definitely showed some maturity. They were out Char- without Charles Turner, Josh Williams, Armani Goodwin, who's apparently out for the year. Kayshawn Booty was out uh, a little illness, um, but the uh, team showed some maturity to me. They it looked like they they didn't care who they were playing, where they were playing. They just kind of focused on a nameless, faceless opponent. Didn't worry about the fans or lack thereof in the stand. They just took care of their business because they know there's bigger fish to fry. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was probably the biggest takeaway from Coach Kelly after the game was he made it a point to uh, really talk to the media and tell them just how impressed he was with their composure, with their 
Um, you know, with, we've heard all season long about the process and you know, the accountability that this group has, you know, really learned over the course of the entire season. Um, and that was really in full effect, I thought, against UAB, a team that was honestly better than their record coming in. They had a, a running back that was averaging over 155 yards a game on the ground. You hold him to 34 yards on 13 carries in that game on Saturday. Uh, so you execute your defensive game plan perfectly. Uh, and then, you know, offensively, you, you wanted to see some growth in terms of you know, Daniels being a little bit more efficient, getting back on track. And um, they, they found some things that I think you're going to be able to work with. Uh, most importantly to me was was Noah Kane, uh, the, the the transfer yeah. back in from Penn yeah. State. Um, you know, you're going to be without Armani Goodwin the rest of the season with the knee injury. Uh, Josh Williams is a little bit banged up right now. So being able to have, have Kane uh, come in and really carry the load for you. Uh, on, from a running perspective, I thought was a, a really important sign for this group down the stretch. You, you hit the nail on the head. Glenn West with us. Uh, you know, with two weeks away, I feel, if everything goes in the best possible fashion, we're two weeks away from the greatest single-season coaching job in the modern era of college football. When you think about this LSU team with a gutted roster before Brian Kelly arrived in December of 2021, we're 11 months from that and if they do what they what what is possible i mean they're going to be in the conference championship game of the best conference in college football if they win that they're in the playoff yeah. it's ridiculous it's uh, i think if, if that comes to fruition there's no argument that it's the greatest rebuild uh one year rebuild of all time ever it's just yeah it's, it's really impressive for for the way that this team has come together especially when you go back even just a month or five weeks ago and, and look at where this team was after Tennessee. I think that was a huge wake-up call uh, for this program in terms of how far they needed to go. Um, the, the win over Alabama will, will be talked about forever, but I, I think you know the loss to Tennessee uh, was just as important for getting this group to buy into – how things are done yeah. and how things are going to be done under Coach Kelly, um, and and I think they they've really took that to honor over the last five games of the year. And look, you still got to go out there and do it this week against A and M. This is yeah. uh, we just got done talking with Coach Kelly at around twelve thirty, and um, he, he's he, honest. He's honest. He describes yes. they're a talented team. They're going to be playing for nothing. You know, they they they're playing for pride at this point. They're playing they're playing to mess up LSU's uh, golden season here. Uh, and it's up to LSU to, to answer that call and to play up to their level and, and above it. Did you see the crowd for the uh, A&M UMass game? Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit more packed for the LSU game, though. <laughs> yes. I, I, that that was a little yes. bit of a, a astonishing kind wow. of watch. I mean, there was there were probably more people in the PMAC, uh, you know, for LSU's first couple games. Uh, no question. Yeah, than than there were for that A and M UMass game, but whatever coach was screaming on the sidelines, those ten people could hear it. I can promise you. Yeah. God, yeah. that's. Crazy. I mean, there were there were probably more people in in LSU Stadium by the end of that game Saturday night in the cold, wet rain than there were probably at that UMass A and M. Oh yeah, that, uh, no question about that. Shout out so, to those fans that that went through that. Yeah. You, you are truly fans there's no i was i was down there for like two three minutes in the final quarter and i i I could barely stand it i had three layers of jackets on and i could still barely stand to to sit there 
for 10 minutes before they let the media in. So. Well, the weather's supposed to be good at College Station this weekend, so we can hope for that. And again, they, they're going to get the Aggies' best because this is their bowl game. This is their everything. They Nothing they'd like more to do than to do what South Carolina did to Tennessee and knock LSU out for good. Yep. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I mean, this is going to be – um, uh, another, I think Coach Kelly called it another hurdle today that LSU is going to have to climb because you're right. This is going to be a, a, a very uh, disciplined, I, I would imagine, a very on it on, on an edge A and M team. They're going to come in with a lot of fight, a lot of ferocity, uh, and, and and do their best to really uh, kind of mess this thing up for LSU. LSU kind of did it to them last year. And if you remember last year, A&M came in, I think eight and three, they were kind of on the cusp of a new year's six bowl, uh, looking like they could be a big momentum boost for, for them. And LSU beats them on pretty much the last play of the game with the Johnson pass to Jerry Jenkins in the end zone. So, uh, I think that'll be on the mind of a lot of A&M players and, yeah, I mean, they only have three wins this year, so they're not going anywhere. Or they have four wins, so they're not going anywhere uh, for, for bowl season. So uh, this is pretty much there to be their 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 bowl game. So they're going to be up for it. Glenn West with us. Um, we know Armani Goodwin's out for the year. Any update on Turner, Williams, and Booty about their status for this weekend? So we got an update uh, on Williams. He's dealing with a knee sprain. Um, they think that he might be able to go on Saturday, but it's going to be a tricky thing. They don't want to rush this thing with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to make sure that he's back in 100% uh, for, 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 for Georgia, for whatever bowl game they get into. Um, he's been your most you know, consistent running back all season, so you want to make sure he's good to go for the stretch run. Um, yeah, we haven't heard much on Charles Turner. He's still banged up, apparently. Uh, Brian Kelly liked what he saw out of, out of Mar- Marlon Martinez in a, in a backup role uh, to start against uh, UAB last weekend. So he'll be there. He'll be probably, I, I would imagine, the, the front runner to start if, if uh, Turner can't go. Um, but you also got Garrett Dellinger back, too, yeah. so he can slide in at guard and, and play a little sne- uh, center if you need him to. So I think, you know, look, they're healthy. They're as healthy as you can imagine uh, at this time in the year. They don't have any serious injuries they're dealing with uh, outside of the Mason Smith one. So uh, that's 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 pretty that's pretty good news if you're LSU. It really is healthy. It says a lot about their uh, their conditioning, says a lot about their medical staff, says a lot about the that entirety of that program. Glenn West with us. I was getting a little worried about Jaden uh, um, Daniels. He, they had a couple of cheap shots on him by the sidelines. I'm like, dude, come huge, on now. Huge hits on Daniels. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, we were joking with a bunch of the media guys just because uh, I watched some of the second half in the, in the inside of the press box where it was nice and warm. Um, but yeah, just like the, the 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 hard hits that he was taking in that game were were not good news for LSU. I I think you know they 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 held him out there probably a little longer than maybe a lot of us expected. Um, but man, he he took some shots. And I think that's that's part of the position. But you gotta you gotta also protect him a little bit in terms of because he's a runner. He's a gunner. He's gonna run out there and and and, and embrace those hits. And you you gotta make sure that he's. He's good to go because he's a huge part of this, obviously, for LSU making a run here. All right, so Tigers uh, nine and two, trying to get to ten wins on Saturday. To do that, they got to beat A and M, and then it's off to the Georgia Dome to take on uh, Georgia. Meanwhile, the men's basketball team are in the Cayman Islands. Doesn't that sound? I saw pictures of them uh, on the beach. You know, shirts off, sun out, crystal clear water, and 
Well, KJ Williams had a game today. LSU dominated Illinois State 77-61. KJ, uh, like Daniels, another transfer that comes over, gets 33 today. Nice. Yeah, I had a chance to listen to some of it. I listened to most of the first half and some of the second half. Um, didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing, but – you know, the game was won in the first half. LSU jumped out on them like 21 to 5 in the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, defense led to offense, which was a really important sign. Uh, they forced uh, them into like 10 turnovers in the first half, and I think they scored on most of those turnovers. So um, just a, a really good effort from LSU and the Caymans. I mean, I think you're starting to see signs of growth. One of the things that I wanted to see from them uh, this week is just being more efficient with their two point baskets they were very efficient in the first half and in, in making their layups and converting around the rim uh and kj williams was, was was a huge part of that he was tremendous uh with his 33 points so good way to start the week for lsu they got two more on uh tuesday and wednesday in the caymans and then they'll be back for thanksgiving but uh yeah it was a great start and a 4-0 they're, they're yeah, 4-0. it is what it is 49 percent from the field three of 14 from downtown so they didn't shoot it well from uh, the land to three that's 21 percent. but they got to the free throw line 30 times they made 22 of them i'll take 73 percent. that that's a pretty good deal uh so the tigers are five and oh meanwhile the lsu women are five and oh and for the fifth straight game they hit the sanctuary mark this time they got in at a hundred they beat Northwestern State 100 to 45. I don't know how late the 100 came. Was it a was it a nail biter? You know, I don't know if it was a nail biter or not. I assume it probably was, considering they got to 100 and stopped. I mean, if if they had gotten to 100 with two minutes left, they could have ended with 120. So, right, right. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think it was a good game. Uh, look, I mean, they're how how much can you really learn about a team None. when you can buy 50 points every every game? Um, you know, I'll be very interested to see when they start playing some some more stiffer competition when SEC play comes around. But no doubt they have the offensive firepower. I think that's a given. Yeah, it's just yeah. about uh, really just learning a little bit more about this team as it goes along. Glenn West with us. Uh, back to football. LSU number six in the AP, number six in the coaches poll. USC is ahead of them. Where do you think LSU comes out tomorrow in the all-important playoff poll? I think they get to that five spot. You know, I know USC jumped them in the AP uh, and, and in the coaches poll, but you know, I, I just I don't think there's a team right now outside of those top four that is playing better than LSU right now. I don't think uh, you know. I think part of the the way the committee looks at this thing is kind of who's playing their best ball towards the end of the year is usually the team that they'll lean towards in terms of the rankings. And I, I don't think L, I think LSU's played just about as good as anyone in the country over the last month, five weeks of the season. Um, and, you know, USC had a big win uh, against UCLA, but it was, it was a nail biter and, and, and yeah. know, their defense is still a lot to be desired. I think for USC, I think, um, I think LSU, uh, you know, being able to handle its business against Arkansas last weekend and, and come back with a, a pretty dominant win over UAB. I think, I think they get that number five spot. Let's go Notre Dame. Let's go Notre Dame. Notre Dame goes to uh, Southern Cal uh, this Saturday. So so we shall see what happens. And, boy, it was a crazy football, right? I mean, I thought Baylor had TCU. I yeah. thought Michigan almost got beat. a crazy weekend. Ohio State. I mean, like, literally all of them. Yeah. Uh, even Georgia only edged out Kentucky by 10 points. So, yeah, there was a lot of uh, – 
lot of a lot of mishaps at the top there where you know a lot of teams were wobbly and you know LSU it was good to see LSU come out and handle an opponent the way they were supposed to and um yeah now you've got to uh regroup for AM here but yep. uh, I think there's there's some wiggle room for LSU to get into this thing if they can if they can pull off the impossible and win these next few games <laughs> I, I I watch Georgia I'm just telling you I not well, that if invincible. Weekend, if you last, if you lost last weekend, you're feeling a lot more confident if you're LSU. But uh, you know, I, I do think that Georgia is still a a really just oh, they're really good big, big beast. That's going to be a big beast to take down. Um, and you know, we'll see if they can do it. But I you got, know, I, I got two what, words for you, Jaden Daniels. Jaden yeah, gives you a puncher shot. Give you a puncher shot. Len West, ball. enjoy your uh, warmth. Enjoy your Turkey Day. Um, Thank you so much as always, but I greatly appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Monday. Absolutely. Thank you. Glenn West with us. We'll take a quick time out here. Uh, When we come back, great news for you sports fans in Lafayette. I mean, great news. I'll tell you all about it when we return here on the Jordy Helpert Show. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving number 22. Bringing canned cranberry sauce to the family feast is not acceptable. So leave the canned purple stuff on the shelf. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The World Cup is back. You can watch thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3, Cox Channel 19. For you in Lake Charles, World Cup fans can listen on Telemundo Lake Charles free over the air on Channel 19.2 and suddenly Channel 137. That's thrilling World Cup action on Delta Media. They're in the second half right now. USA 1, Wales 1. So stay tuned. We'll update you throughout. Well, your wish has been granted. Lafayette, this is huge, huge news. Top Golf has entered into the preliminary review stages of permitting to build a golf entertainment facility in Lafayette. And yes, it would be located in South Lafayette next to Costco. Now, they got one in Baton Rouge. It is a hoot. Lafayette, you're going to love this. You are going to love it. Top Golf coming to Lafayette. It's going to be on 12 acres next to Costco. I don't know exactly when it's going to take place, but they are in the preliminary stages. So that is uh, always good. It's the third most desired business on the wish list behind Trader Joe's and Bucky's. Raise your hand if you've been to Bucky's. Oh, the greatest. The greatest. Yes, indeed. Uh, anyway, so Top Golf is coming to Lafayette. That is terrific. Uh, coming up, our number two of our extravaganza. Um, more on the LSU Tigers. Ali Cassell will join us. It's the Pels versus Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors tonight. Uh, important matchup for the Pels. Uh, Zion Williams says yes. Zion, I am definitely playing. So, so we shall see. And Blake Rafino will join us as well as we get this um, Thanksgiving holiday week underway. Um, boy, the Cowboys sure looked good yesterday to me. Uh, they, they took care of business against the Minnesota Vikings and just, just destroyed them. We've got Monday night football tonight. 
San Francisco at five and four. Their record does not belay how good this team is. They beat uh, they'll they'll play the Arizona Cardinals, who are four and six. We got a not, not so much luck yesterday when Atlanta. I don't know how they do it, other than Cordarrelle Patterson returning a kickoff 104 yards. Atlanta beats Chicago 27 to 24. Carolina took care, got beat by Baltimore 13 to three. So so that was a good one. Philadelphia rallied to beat Indiana, uh, Indianapolis 17-16. Don't look now, but the Washington Commanders are on a proverbial roll. They beat Houston 23 to 10. It was a punt return, a walk-off punt return for a touchdown. New England beat the Jets 10 to 3. Just got to figure out if their quarterback is going to be their quarterback for the future or if he is going to be done. Um I, I don't know. Uh, the latest Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat the Steelers 37-30. Uh, Joe was sacked twice, but he was uh, through for 355 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, including one of the greatest interceptions I've ever seen by, it's not TJ, I think it's, it's JJ, TJ Watt, TJ Watt. Um, just unbelievable. Jumped up, snagged it in his hand, and brought it down. Just remarkable uh, athleticism by T.J. Watt. All right. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. The Jordy Helpert Show on this Monday before Thanksgiving here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go. It's Monday, November 21st, the year 2022. My main man, uh, the stick that stirs the proverbial drink. James Mesh, back in the producer's chair inside the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. I'm amazed how many people do that. I really am, but there are a ton of them, and we appreciate that. And if you're in the Acadiana area and you want to see us on television, you can because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. If you missed our number one, Chris Roseverglue joined us. The Saints with a 27-20 win over the L.A. Rams. Andy Dalton was terrific. Chris Olave was terrific. Um, Matthew Stafford went down with a concussion um, early in the third quarter. Uh, their backup quarterback was out. They had to go to their tertiary quarterback, and that was all she wrote. So the Saints get a win, and they're still teasing us, keeping us uh, thinking that there's a chance they could win that division. Uh, not me, not me. They got to go to San Francisco next. So that does not look promising to say uh, the very, very least. LSU uh, football, Glenn West joined us, and the Tigers uh, methodically took on, took their, took care of their business um, after a kind of a lethargic start. Because, well, they scored on their first drive, but they gave up about a 63-yard kickoff return, 
and quick, 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 boom, UAB scores and ties it up. LSU goes back down and scores again. UAB comes back, kicks a field goal. So it's 14 to 10. And then all of a sudden, LSU shook the cobwebs off, got rid of the cold, got rid of the rain, got rid of the fact that, you know, Tiger Stadium was you know, ba- basically empty. And I don't blame Tiger Stadium for being basically empty. It was cold, nasty. Uh, Dan Bournet, stop it with the chances of rain. Never, because it's happened way too many times. But uh, LSU took care of their business. On a crazy, crazy Saturday, uh, Ohio State struggled. Michigan struggled. TCU struggled. I mean, a lot of teams um, against um, lesser opponents uh, really had to fight to the wire. So the big question is LSU comes into uh, tomorrow's college football playoff reveal they are number six in the AP poll, number six in the coaches poll. USC valued highly in there. They come in at number five. So how will the playoff committee feel? Is LSU's 31-point win over UAB from Conference USA, is that more valuable or less valuable than USC's three-point win, a thriller, over UCLA uh, in the Rose Bowl? That's what we'll find out. I think that's the only intrigue left around here, to be honest with you. Clemson's going to move up. You know, Alabama, you know, played Austin P. It was just a bad, bad weekend when it came to came to all that. But we'll see. Uh, the biggest intrigue is who's going to be number five and who's going to be number six. Is it LSU, USC, or is it going to be USC, LSU? That's what the biggest intrigue is at this point in time. We know you, um, Ohio State and Michigan will battle this weekend, so somebody's going down. Um, it's just a question of can LSU continue in Texas A&M's bowl game? Can they continue? It's, it's their it's their bowl game. They've got three wins. They're going nowhere. Biggest disappointment, poorest coaching job we've seen uh, all season, all season. Um, but they would love nothing more than to knock LSU out of the rankings, out of the, the discussion for the college football playoff, much like, surprise, surprise, South Carolina did to Tennessee. Who saw who saw that one coming? Who saw that? Because uh, Spencer Rattler just went nuts, 63-38. to 30. Eight, 63-38. Never in my wildest dream did I see this happening. Hendon Hooker, sorry, I feel terrible for him. Uh, season's done, torn ACL. Uh, he was his normal, terrific self, but Tennessee couldn't stop anybody. Spencer Radler, you ready for this one? How's this for a stat line? Completed 30 of 37 passes for 438 yards. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six touchdown passes and nary an interception. Huh. I mean, that's the guy that came up a year or so ago as the Heisman Trophy favorite. He has been everything but that until Saturday in Columbia when he just went ballistic and just rolled over the Tennessee Volunteers. Never, ever, ever, ever saw it uh, happening. So um, LSU must get ready. They must 
in the in a similar fashion that they took care of UAB, they must ramp it up and they must get ready for AM. They must. But as long look, Jaden Daniels gives you a shot. I, I keep talking about it. He gives you a shot in every game. He was absolutely brilliant against UAB. He didn't hold on to the ball too long. He threw with confidence. He made tough throws. He made easy throws. Threw for 297 yards and a touchdown. He ran for 111 yards and a score despite not playing the final nine minutes. Brian Kelly said it was his best game of the year. And after we saw what happened against Arkansas, now it did come out. Brian Kelly said, yes, uh, Jaden Daniels did have the flu against uh, when he played against Arkansas. Okay. That's fine. Hey, you just want to get a win. It's it's you play games in November to remember. And these are the games that you got to win. Shout out to LSU's defense. They uh they stopped the vaunted running game of UAB and their running back Dwayne McBride who entered the contest averaging a nation best 156 yards rushing per game was held to a season-low 34, just 34. So all in all, good. Raging Cajuns, eh, they got hammered by Florida State. Saw that one coming, but you got your money. Now everything's on the line in the season finale in San Marcos when you take on Texas State. You win, you get to go to a bowl game. You lose, you're staying home with five wins. Need we say any more? So... Uh, we'll check on Ben Woolridge later on to see what's happened to him. He got hurt a little bit. Uh, Fields came in and played. Just one of those days. One of those days. And a shout-out to McNeese, who closes out the regular season on a three-game winning streak as they beat Lamar. That was terrific. Um, their first three-game winning streak since 2019. Doesn't seem that long ago, but, boy, they, they went into the, into the abyss of late. But uh, they beat Lamar 24-20. to Shout out to Deontay McMahon, a career-high 239 yards running on 20 carries. And a shout-out to Coach Goff uh, and his staff and the players for not just mailing it in when they, sh- when they very easily could have earlier in the season. Uh, but they didn't. They stayed the course, and they finished up with three consecutive wins. Jim Gazzola told us earlier they would be favored, and they should win those games, and they did. So finishing with the win makes an otherwise tough season. The uh, the Cowboys' third consecutive losing one seemed just a little bit, some a little bit better, right? And as Coach Gary Goff said, it gives us something to grow off. It gives us a foundation to build on. Very good. All right, uh, coming up tonight and coming up next, we'll preview. Oh, what a game in the blender. Pels and the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, Uh, Clay went off yesterday with 41. Steph had his typical 33. So uh, they're coming in hot. They won their first road game of the season. I think they're now 1-8 and on the year away from the friendly confines of the Bay Area. And now they're coming into New Orleans. Zion says, I'm going to play. We'll talk all about it with Ali Cassell when we return. But first, of course, you can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. That's nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at lachristmaschannel.com 
or download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Time out on the floor. We'll be back talking Pell's Warriors next here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers heading to the SEC Championship game and your World Series champion, Houston Astros. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving number 37. If you're eating your weight in fixins, then make sure you're dressed appropriately. So pull out the stretchy pants this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 16 minutes after the hour. One to one USA and Wales in Group B, the group stage opening match today. Um, so uh, Wales scored in the 82nd minute to tie it up at one apiece. We'll go from here. Tonight, oh, the place to be is the Smoothie King Center because we got a really good one um, coming into New Orleans. The Golden State Warriors and the Pelicans will meet right now. The Pels are 9-7. and seven. The Warriors got their first win on the road this season last night against Houston. They are 8-9. and nine. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights, kind enough to join us. Okay. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, and I'm just curious about the news we got today, right? Thought we'd what is see that? Stephen Curry because uh, we didn't see him last time, along others. And, again, they're not going to play tonight. Steph Curry's not going to play? No, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson have already been ruled out ahead of tonight's oh. game, and there's a chance Andrew see, Wiggins won't play either again. See, they should refund people's money. That's not fair. I'm with you, Jordy. I mean, I just listened to Antonio Daniels on NBA radio talking about how during the last matchup, you know, two weeks ago inside the Smoothie King Center, he saw kids wearing Steve, uh, Steph Curry's jerseys crying because he wasn't playing. But everybody's telling them, hey, it'll be okay. They'll be back in two weeks. Now they're not going to play again. It's a bad look. It seems like the NBA, particularly the teams and players, are unserious about playing 82 games. It, it's, it's awful. They should refund people's money. I know they never will, but they should. And why, if, if you're Clay Thompson, why don't you play after you knock down 10 of 13 threes yesterday? You finally get off of your slump. You score 41 points. Man, if I were he, give me the ball. Let me play again. I bet they all want to play because we heard last time two weeks ago that they were coming off a loss uh, to the Magic coming on second night of back-to-back, and the players wanted to play, but, you know, they got ruled out by whoever the powers of be, right? And with Clay, it's a little bit different, Jordy. I will say that at the start of the year, the Warriors said that they're not going to allow him to play right. back-to-backs for a while, okay. right, coming off all those major injuries. But for the other guys, I don't understand that. I mean, look, you just mentioned the Warriors' record. Why is Steph, Draymond, and Andrew Wiggins possibly not playing tonight? They're 8-9. and nine. Golly, that is so disappointing. I had no idea. Man, I was looking forward to a really, really good game. Um, me too. <laughs> and, and God, it's just, it's just I'm, I'm, it sickens me. It, I understand it's a long, long season. I really do. But, man, these people are paying. Re- you bought a ticket to a game of late in the Smoothie King Center? They ain't cheap. And it's just not right. It, it, I, uh, it's not right. The good news is, though, Pell's fans will see Zion because he says he's definitely playing tonight. Mm-hmm. You, you believe that? Yeah, that was 
Yeah, that was good news. Talked to him in pra- after practice over the weekend, and he said, yeah, with, with absolute certainty that he's playing. Even though he's listed as probable, we're going to see him tonight. And, and that's good news. Yeah. He needs to play um, the, the, the starting lineup, the regular starting lineup, hasn't even played 10 games together yet. So they've got kinks to work on. You know, the Pels, 9-7, and seven, they could be up higher up in the standings. Um, if they had just played a different, a few outcomes would have worked out diff- differently for them, right? So I'm glad he's returning tonight. Celtics are good, aren't they? Oh, boy. <laughs> They're the good. best team in the league right now, hands down, right? Yeah. Golly. Um, I, you just took all the wind out of my sail, Ali. Gee I'm whiz. I'm sorry, Jordan. No, well, but we need to know. I, I, I was not aware of that, uh, but I'm glad you told me because, um, gee whiz. That's awful. Um, okay, so Zion's coming back. Uh, they're good three. Pal's a pretty good three-port shooting team now, thanks to Murphy, right? It's not just Murphy. When you look, it's unbelievable that he's actually further down the list with C.J. McCollum towards the bottom. You know, you've got guys like Brandon Ingram, who's hovering around 50%, Jose shooting lights out. Then you've got Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance. You see all these other names up there. And suddenly, Herb Jones has made six of his last nine threes. So, Really, the whole team is shooting a heck of a lot better and at, at the same time. So I think everybody wants to see them shoot a little bit more, right? They rank last or next to last in three-point attempts a game. Well, if you're shooting that well, and you just watched what Boston did, right? They took advantage of that three ball and knocked the Pels out in the first quarter. The Pelicans should try and do that same, do that same um, uh, game plan against other teams, right? They've got the ability to drive in the lane. They've got Zion, Brandon. They can all create good playmakers. Hit those open guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do and get yourself up big early so you can knock out an opponent early. You get to see that from the Pelicans. Ali Cassell with us. It's the the Warriors and the Pels tonight. Zion's going to play. What has surprised you the most about the, the league this year? Is it the Utah Jazz are still leading uh, the West 18 games in? I thought they were tanking for uh, that big seven-foot-four Frenchman. That's definitely up there. I mean, that's one of the surprise stories. But when you watch them play, and I, I think I commented after the Pelicans play, because I had seen them play a couple games before that, they're legitimately good. And I, I know we've talked about right? Lori Markin and all those guys. Go down the list. Jordan Clarkson. I know Mike Conley's hurt now. But they have an eight, nine-man rotation that's really solid to very good players. And they're showing that that's what it takes. If you're going to play on both sides of the ball, right, and you're making your shots, you can win in this league. And so it's, it's not that big of a surprise to me to see them at the top of the West now because, like I said, they've been really consistent with how hard they play and how together they play. Another team, you got to mention Portland Trailblazers. I think oh, yeah. I don't think anybody picked them to be in the top four, six. Everybody's saying maybe playing tournament best. Sacramento Kings, they're right there. They've won six in a row. So there's wow. a lot of teams suddenly up in the West, including the Pels, that really weren't being talked about as a top six uh, seed potentially this season. But yet here we are. What's the better division? Heck, the Warriors are 11th right now with eight wins and nine losses. They're 11th in the Western Conference, uh, but the East, boy, the Celtics and the Bucks are pretty good. I think the Cavaliers are good. Um, what, what's the stronger conference in your mind? I think it's the West because we haven't seen best from the West yet. You've, we've just talked about the Warriors. I mean, if they knock on wood that they don't, suffer any injuries because suddenly them playing all this load management stuff's going to come back to bite them. But you got to think with Clay rounding in a form, he looked great last night, like you said. In the previous game, he shot over 50% from the field for the first time. So that was two in a row for him of really solid games. 
So it looks like he's trending in the right direction. So you've got to think they're going to move up. Look, the Clippers, I think they're going to be better than what we've seen. Yeah. Memphis Grizzlies, they're 10-7. and seven. John Morant, Desmond Bain, they've been hurt on and off, and they're both hurt right now. So I think the West is going to get a lot tougher and a lot better. As toward the East, it feels like, to me, it's the Celtics and the Bucks, really, right? I mean, I know the mm-hmm. Cavaliers were good, but they what, Jordan? I think they just lost five in a row recently before winning their last two. And uh, the Nets, who knows if Kyrie and Kevin Durant can make it through a season without any more, you know, turmoil. So, no, for me, the East has two great teams, but the West is the one that to really watch, right? There's a lot of good quality teams, and I think each of them are going to move and separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Uh, people are going to really have to start tanking to catch the Rockets because the Rockets are pitiful at 3-14. and 14, <laughs> But um, the Lakers have won three in a row. They're 5-10. and 10. What the heck are they doing? Hurting the Pelicans' chances to get Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson, unfortunately. Look, we knew that they weren't going to be top, or excuse me, the bottom three, bottom maybe even five team in the league. I mean, not, you can't, right? If you've got LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis, you should be able to win enough games. Because we saw Anthony Davis, right, do it here in New Orleans. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of on a bit of a streak. But I'll tell you what, their schedule is about to get really tough here in December. So Good. I don't think they're going to suddenly fly up the standings. I think they're going to be lucky to sniff the playing tournament. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the Western Conference, I think. Oh, Ali Cassell with the bombshell. No Steph Curry, no Clay Thompson, no Draymond Green, probably no Andrew Wiggins. That leaves who? Jordan Poole um, and, a, and a bunch of ragamuffins? My goodness. <laughs> it does. And even Kavon Looney, who played in the last game, their starting center, he's questionable to play too tonight. So it's looking like they're going to rest all five of their starters tonight to me. So, yeah, it's going to be Jordan Poole launching 30 shots. You're going to have John or was it Kaminga out there, yeah. Moody. A lot of guys that haven't played well, right, for Steve Kerr, because the Warriors, they've got one of the worst benches in the league. So suddenly they're going to all have big yeah. minutes. And I know they played well here a couple of weeks ago, but I've got to think the Pelicans know kind of what to expect. And if you shut down Poole, how else are they going to be able to beat you when the Pels are going to probably put up 115-plus? I know this is, this is totally irrelevant, but 16 games in, you're 9-7. and seven. Uh, as you mentioned, the starting five has only played in a handful of games together. Who would you vote right now as the MVP of this team based upon performance? Oh, that's a great question, Jordan. I was thinking about this the other day, and there's no 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 clear candidate, I think. Yeah. I would have to say it'd be Brandon Ingram just by default. He feels like the leader. He's usually been very good to excellent in most games, right? If not all the way throughout at least towards uh, the finish, right? He's won the Pelsum games, including – I'm sure everybody remembers that game in Chicago. Yeah. Helped him win that game. So, McCollum hasn't been all that good. Mm-hmm. I, I can see a case being made for Zion because when he's played, he's looked pretty darn solid to put up the numbers, but I think he can play better. And after that, really, it's all role players. So, yeah, I guess it's Brandon Ingram. But, hey, it's not a bad thing because the Pelts have, as we know, we've talked about a really deep team. I mean, you've got to love their bench. So maybe, hey, yeah. can we make the bench just a one person and say that's I, been I, kind of the MVP yeah, first half? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's give it to the bench. Alvarado, Nance, Marshall, um, Murphy. Uh, yes. Pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Nance, to me, is one of the best small ball centers in the league, and he's coming off yep. the bench. Jose Alvarado has got to be the best backup point guard in the league, and his offense now is shining. And you've got Trey, who legitimately, I feel like he's going to make every three-pointer he shoots, no matter from how far he's standing out. <laughs> so you add also a Dyson Daniels, Devontae Graham, who can make you a couple shots. 
I love their bench. It's got to be a top five minimum. What's going on with Jackson Hayes? He's DNPCD, uh, an awful lot. And he, he, he looks none too happy. He looks none too engaged being with this ball club. It seems like happens every year, doesn't it? First year, he's supposed to be redshirted, got some playing time, but really disappointed, showed no fundamentals, right? And then the following two seasons, he just would have the highs and lows with more lows, it seemed like. So he got benched, right, by Van uh, Gundy, where Hernan Gomez jumped ahead of him in the uh, lineup. Same thing happened last season with Willie Green, where he even went down to the G League. And it looks like the same thing's happening. He's just, I don't know. When I watch him, he doesn't put forth the work. He's not a guy yeah. that we see stay after practice working on his game. During warm-ups, uh, before games, and even at a halftime, he's not taking his you know, crap seriously, right? He's not shooting shots right. that he would normally shoot within game. Right. And so I just don't like his approach, his mentality. And for him being in year four, he's got the power, right? He, he could be studying film, busting his balls to basically show the rest of the, his teammates and the coaching staff that he should be out there. But apparently he's not doing it. So we're not even seeing a handful of minutes yeah. here and there anymore. Give me Hernan Gomez every day of the week and twice on Sunday over him. So, um, that, that looks like a move that's eminent. I still say Devontae Graham is a move that's eminent, uh, mm-hmm. but we shall see. Got to win this one tonight, Ollie, or I'm going to scream from the mountaintops. If you can't beat Golden State tonight, <laughs> you can't beat them ever. Yeah, I'll be, I'm with you. And I remember last time I was on your show, we kind of predicted, right, what they would do on this uh, yep. homestand. I had said the Warriors were going to win tonight, but obviously – changing that because all their great guys are out. So looks like the Pels could go on another win streak, right? You get this one to, uh, tonight, and you go and face the Spurs before Thanksgiving, who looked horrible Oof. against the Oof. Lakers. And then you're going to face the Grizzlies after Thanksgiving that should be without Morant and Bain. So three winnable games right there. Well, you got you to gotta do it while you can do it. Thank you, my friend. Uh, you go watch that game tonight. I'm not. I, I could care less. <laughs> I'll watch Zion for a few minutes, and then I'm done. But thank you. I hate the NBA when it does this. I hate it. Sorry. Thank you, Ali. I'm with you, Jordy. Load man. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving right? to you, this. buddy. What if the war yeah. is going to win it all this year? Then what? Other teams are going to follow that model. Hey, we're going to arrest guys for half a year or whatever. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, heck. They sit out. Ben Simmons scores 22. What the heck is going on in the NBA? Who, who can figure this stuff out? Have a good Thanksgiving. I'm not even going to try. Thank you, Ali. Thanks, Jordy. You do the same and everybody out there. <laughs> All right, you're the best. Your Alexa or Google home speaker helps you out around the house. It allows you to control your lights, your thermostats, and so much more. But did you know they can also play the game? Just ask your Alexa or Google home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. We'll take a timeout. Back to the Tigers. Blake Orfino will join us when we return to the Jordy Helper Show on this Monday, November 21st on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving, number eight. At your dinner this year, make sure that the alcohol is locked away because you know how Uncle Carl gets. So keep the booze away from Carl. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 34 minutes after the hour. It's um, 
Open coaching season. Apparently, Deion Sanders in talks with Colorado and South Florida about head coaching op- openings. Oh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll see. He's a he's a very hot commodity. But nobody's done the job that Brian Kelly has done this year to get that group to where they are, where they were, to where they are has been absolutely masterful. Blake Rafino from the RU Serious Podcast joins us again on a Monday. We're thrilled to have him. Um, agree with that assessment there, big guy, and happy Thanksgiving early to you. Yeah, to you as well. And what was the question, Jordy? Oh, you see, you're not listening to me. The job that Brian Kelly's nobody <laughs> in the country's done a better job than what he's done, given what he had to start with and where he's arrived today. Yeah, I think you can certainly make that argument, especially where they've come from. You know, um, I can't think of anybody else. I think the only other person that they will put inside of that category uh, remotely in that category will be Sonny Dykes at TCU because, Jordan, they weren't as bad as LSU was. But if I'm not mistaken, they started off with 52 scholarship players as well. So they've come a long way themselves, but nothing near what Brian Kelly's had to overcome now. I'm with you. Um, Tigers, after their win, are sixth in the coaches' polls, sixth in the AP poll. Where do you think they will end up tomorrow in the college football playoff committee poll? Well, I'm assuming fifth. I mean, you know, I still don't think USC's win over UCLA is better than LSU's win over Alabama, right? And yeah. So I think it just comes down to is this committee going to be, uh, a re, you know, have a lot of recency bias? Or are they going to want to put a Pac-12 team in there? So um, we'll see how they, you know, how they determine that. But I still think USC is going to lose either between Notre Dame or Oregon. So I, I don't really have a lot of fear that if you were to run the table, that USC would be a factor. And if they do run the table, then, you know, Jordy, i got to be honest, they'll probably get in. Oh, but I just don't think that they're going to be two, three ranked opponents back-to-back-to-back like that, uh, especially with some of them coming on the road. Yeah, I'm with you. TCU still has Iowa State, and then they have the Big 12 uh, championship game. Uh, so they're looking pretty darn good. Although, man, I tell you what, Saturday was crazy. All these high-ranked teams fighting for their proverbial lives, which is what really impressed me about LSU with the weather and the, the temperature and uh, and all the things going on, they kind of methodically just took care of business after a kind of a uh, rugged start. But once once they got organized and all, they just methodically took care of business. Yeah, you got and and look, Brian Kelly said today in his press conference that. Um, Jane Daniels had the flu, which, you know, it's not an excuse, but at the same time, Jordy, you I mean, you've had the flu. Against I've Arkansas. had the flu, and it affects people, you know, in all different ways. But here's another thing. That Arkansas loss doesn't look so bad right now, does it? I mean, they I mean, they put it on Ole Miss. So, yep. reg- you know, regardless, I mean, Jordy, they did a, some really good things these last two weeks that will go unnoticed. But it's good to see a coach that, you know, has this team focused and locked in. And really, I, I was glad it was in bad weather. I mean, Jordy was cold. It was raining. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. good to see that and that your quarterback was able to deliver through the air 
in what was probably, you know, statistically his best game of the year. He he was awesome. He was terrific. I didn't like the um man, he's got to get out of bounds better or something. There, there were some cheap shots taken. If he goes down, she whiz. And you got no shot. Yeah, then we go down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you then then Jordy, and I'm being serious when I say this. You had to start asking the realistic question. Do you play Garrett Nussmeyer or do you play Walker Howard? Because if he goes down now, the realistic chance – so Walker Howard would have three games, right? So you would assume that he could play the rest of the season and and even rotate in a little bit with Garrett Nussmeyer to get some reps in here. So I know that a lot of people don't want to talk about that, and I understand it, but – the things I'm hearing about Walker Howard at practice, I, I'm told that that Jordy they've already had those conversations. So, you know, well, but you can't, you you can't, you look, can't. James got to stay upright, and he and Jordy yes. to to his credit, he is getting out of bounds, right? I mean, yes, like those is. are late hits. I mean, yep. there's not a lot he can do there. Look, we 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 talked about this. We heard all these rumblings about Garrett Nussmeyer, how great he was in practice. Look, I played with some guys that were incredible in practice. Then the bright lights come on, and it ain't the same. So let's right. let, let's let, let's let that lay down for a while. Daniels will be <laughs> fine. Um, he'll be fine. Look, I I thought, and again, it's it's noteworthy that defensive coordinator, linebacker coach Matt House has been uh, selected one of the fifteen semifinalists for the twenty twenty two Broyles Award, which is rewarded to the top assistant coach in college football. He's done a tremendous job. They they stopped that running game cold. For UAB, cold. Yeah, and probably, I would say, arguably the third best running back that they saw all year in Dwayne McBride. I mean, yeah. Jordy holding him to 30 rushing yards is, is unreal. I mean, the kids, if I'm not mistaken, leads the country in rushing yes. yards. So yes. they did a really good job, and they've done a really good job really all year at biling in running backs. I mean, Judkins at Ole Miss – didn't get 100 yards until LSU played prevent, and he had a 28-yard run to end the game. So, I mean, he had that bust out down near a 30-yard run just to get to the 100-yard mark. So, whatever they're doing – I mean, I'll tell you what they're doing up front, Jordy. They're not, they're, not, they're not scared to put bodies in the box, right? Like, they're not – they're not scared to that if their secondary gets – and which a lot of people don't understand is that the, I think the secondary has played a lot better than people have given them credit for because, Jordy, they are putting seven and eight guys in the box. You know, on, So, for an example, not this week and last week, there were times on film that I counted they had eight guys in the box four or five plays in a row, which leaves your DBs out on an island. So they're not scared to get beat, and and not playing scared is how you win games. Playing scared is how you lose games. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the uh, bowl game for Texas A and M. No question about that. Mm. Did you see? Did you see that crowd they had for the UMass game? Did you see that? God, yeah, that was, and, and, and not only that. Awful. It was the lowest point total that UMass had given up all year to a Power Five team. Yeah. God, <laughs> so I mean, they points. played I think five Power Five teams so far this year. Jordy, Texas A&M scored the least amount of points. 
twenty to three. Uh, Connor Connor Wegman, their new quarterback, eleven of nineteen for one hundred and ninety-one yards. He was sacked three times by UMass. What does that tell you about Perkins, Ogjalari, Gay, and 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 Wingo and company? Well, it also told me because Jordy, I don't remember his rushing yards. He was running for his life all all day uh, in Connor Wagman. So, I mean, they they got to be licking their chops. You know, I'm assuming Harold Perkins. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to watch how he plays. You know, I mean, obviously we know what happened there in recruiting. Uh, but Jordy, look, they they had some very choice words for LSU a couple weeks ago or a week ago today about wanting to, you know, you know, just things from just really vulgar stuff. Mm. So, look, if I'm, you know, I know Brian Kelly said I, he doesn't do bulletin board material. But that doesn't mean your coaching staff does, you know, can't. <laughs> I, so, I, I, I'm just telling you, I, I, Jordy, this is a game for me that you got to – because you're in a pecking order a lot of times, and LSU's building themselves back up. Go out there, and, and I've tweeted this, and I probably – and I got ripped for it a little bit. Run it up a little. Oh, Run I'm with up. you. I'm with you. So I have no problem. You're recruiting. You're recruiting in these same. You have these same battles with them, and they're throwing money at things that you know and making false promises. Run it up. I, I'm with you, one thousand percent. I'm so glad Reese Davis can't talk about the LSU Tennessee thing anymore. Uh, <laughs> boy, you, you, you never saw that coming. I feel for Hendon Hooker. I really, really do. But, man, they got taken to the woodshed by South Carolina. Well, so, Jordy, on our Saturday morning SEC show, I said this, and I know I got, I know it kind of went tongue-in-cheek to some, but I'll repeat it here. Spencer Rattler has not been as bad as people make him out to be this season. Jordy, they lead the, at, least, at least as of beginning of last week, the, South Carolina led the SEC in drops. They led the SEC in, in um, what I call push yardage on the offensive line. Their offensive line wasn't getting a push. So, I mean, Spencer Rattler really didn't have a lot of success around him. So they don't have, a, they don't have drops around him. It's not as chaotic. You see what the young man can do. And so I'm not saying that he is going to be a great quarterback. What I'm saying is, is the young man does have really good talent. But Jordy, that secondary from Tennessee is horrible. I mean, <laughs> they're yeah. they're really bad. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I don't I don't even know how to you, Jordy. They didn't even make a they didn't even attempt to make adjustments. I guess I guess Hypo felt like he could go out there and outscore them, and you can't do that in this league. Yeah. They're really yeah. good coaches in this league. Be, Shane Beamer has been around football since he's been in diapers. He knows how. He's a good coach. So you can't you can't just go out here and outscore everybody in this league and you'll get beat. So what what do you think is gonna be is. the best rivalry game this weekend? Is it um I mean Auburn can't hang Ohio with Alabama. State, Michigan. Yeah, it's Ohio State, Michigan. No, I'm talking about in the SEC. In the SEC is it Mississippi oh, State oh, Ole oh. Miss? What'd you say? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe I, don't I either. guess the egg bowl. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know, Jordy. I, I mean, Cadillac's got them dudes playing now. He's got them dudes playing. So, he's, mm-hmm. you know, the funny thing about sports is, for whatever reason, they believe that they could beat Bama. 
They're not going to. Um, That's a great question. I don't know. I really don't. I hadn't thought about that. I think it's the Egg Bowl. I really do. Um, I don't yeah, see much. <laughs> I don't see much else happening here. Clemson's going to beat South Carolina. Kentucky will beat Louisville. Bama will beat Auburn. LSU will beat A and M. Tennessee. Tennessee Vanderbilt. Now, now that Hooker's gone, don't don't be surprised if Vanderbilt wins that thing. The easiest money of all I've ever spent of all time, Jordy, was picking the over two and a half for Vanderbilt. Over two and a half wins, baby. Go yeah. Commodores. Go ball. Uh, forget the balls, baby. Go Commodores. <laughs> Jordan, here's the funniest thing about last week. <laughs> Their student section rushed the field in a oh single file line, Jordy. Yeah. A single file line. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. You look at if, if you do the split screen, you got the Vanderbilt walking onto the field after their win, and you have the South Carolina stampede. After their win, it's it's just, it's it's so. I mean, North Pole, South Pole. It's just crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Blake yeah, Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast with us. So uh, again, um, this team uh, continues to have a maturity about them now that I didn't see before. Um, and I think, you know, I, I'm with you, man. If you got a chance to. To, to put your foot on their throat and, and just keep on going, you do it. Because I believe, I believe you got to get style points um, to thwart off the Southern Cows and the Clemsons of this world. Because Clemson's coming up. I'm just telling you, they're coming up as well. Yeah, I, I mean, a one-loss Clemson team, you know, they, you're right. I mean, they sit out there. Um but you're right. You got to go out and get style points now that the Vols have lost, and, and now that you know Ole Miss, you know, is doing whatever it is that they're doing. So you got to go out there and get some style points, Jordy. I mean, you got to go out there and really clamp it down. Like it's got to get ugly a little bit. Yeah. And um, so, and I, I agree with you. You know, I mean, it's you're going to have to physically impose your will. <gasps> your will on them, and really and truthfully. Now, Brian Kelly said this, and I, I've said this all year, and I agree with him. Now, Jordy, I'm going to tell you something now that people ain't going to agree with me on. They got serious talent on that defense now. They got serious talent on that defense. I think you're going to score. I think you're going to be fine. I think we're going to win heavily and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just telling you, they got some dudes now. They got some serious dudes on oh. that defense. Jordy, they had two defensive they... linemen got hurt last week that got replaced by five stars. Well, uh, that's okay? great. That, that's great. Five stars. Woo, whoop de doo. Um, but, Jordy, their, I, defense, I just base but their it, defense I base it on what I points, see though. on the field. And I don't see a team that's checked in. I don't see a team that plays with any energy or any enthusiasm. So you can take those five stars and flush it down the commode as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I've seen five Jordy, stars in the, before. In five, losses, in five losses, they've given up 30 points defensively. In five yeah, of their that... losses, they've given up 30 points. Okay. That's pretty impressive now. Okay. Cardell, Cardell Thomas was pretty impressive coming out of high school. Where, where's he? Was yeah, he a five-star? That's true. That's true, Jordy. But we are we going to take one specific player over him? Her, Harold Perkins was a five-star. So you can yeah. go around it and do the same thing. Yeah. My my thing is, is that when you have five losses, giving up thirty points defensively, you got to admit that's pretty dang good. 
That's really good. One and by the and by the way, if you want to add the six a six loss comes to Alabama and you only gave up twenty four points. That defense has got dudes now. I'm telling you, don't sleep on their defense. No, Everybody's no, calling no. me crazy. No, no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, sleep on it. But they just—is it coaching or lack thereof? What's been their problem? I, 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 Jordy, it's the, the what's going on defensively. The complete opposite is happening offensively. They are the worst coach team in the SEC offensively. That is that accounts Vanderbilt and everybody else. Jimbo has lost his ever living mind. He's lost it. I, I'm serious. Because you can't, you cannot tell me that you hold teams to that. So relatively, you're giving up around 13 points and six losses, 13 or 14 points and six losses on defense now, and you're losing football games. That's okay, how well, bad. That is legitimately how bad their offense has been. They got, they literally got beat by Auburn because they couldn't pass the 50 yard line offensively. Okay, let's 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 go back to your theory here, Florida. They gave up 41. Ole Miss, uh-huh. 31. South Carolina, 30. They, Alabama, 24. Yeah, and those ga- and Mississippi those games, State, and 42. Those games, go look at the dude. Go look at the dudes that they didn't have there. I don't care. Jimbo it looks like they're giving up Jimbo a lot of points to me. He's pulling them, Jordy. He's pulling them. I don't. All I can say is I look at the record and I look at the points. I'm not saying LSU can't take them lightly. But I don't, I don't see dudes. I see I'm not 41 points, 31 okay. points, 30 points, 42 points. I guarantee you I guarantee you that there's seven players, probably eight players, that will start against LSU on that defense that will get drafted. Guarantee it. That's great. That's great. They ain't good in college. Are they? If they were, I'm sorry. They wouldn't be giving up those many points. But, Jordy, when you have, would you agree that in 2021, LSU was a really bad coach team? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They a bunch Al- of guys they get drafted. Alabama to, they have Alabama to four rushing yards. Alabama played in the national title game. Okay. All I, my all my I point do is, is, is when you still have dudes, you can, crazy, crazy things can happen now. I understand. Six. I understand. I understand. Brian Kelly ain't going to let that happen. We're going to take care of this. Thank <laughs> you, my friend. Something ain't ever going to happen. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Too, he ain't going to let that happen this Later, week. brother. Too much at stake. We'll be back to wrap it all up after this timeout. All right, time to wrap this bad boy up. Special thanks to all of our guests. Chris Roseverglue on the Saints. Glenn West, LSU. Ali Cassell. No no Steph Curry. No Clay Thompson. No Draymond. Come on, NBA. You got you to gotta correct this. It's not fair to those people that spend their hard-earned money and buy tickets. Come on. And Blake Rafino. Um, if today is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with? Michael Strahan of Fox, 51 years young today, one of the greatest baseball players ever. Um, Just uh, injuries curtailed his career. Ken Griffey Jr. is 53, and Troy Aikman, uh, 56 years young today. Tomorrow, uh, Mike Huguenin will join us on a Tuesday edition of Hump Day with Huguenin and Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. We'll talk all college football. We'll try to see if LSU is going to be ranked number five or number six in the in the um, playoff committee poll, the most important poll. But if LSU takes care of their business, we got to hope for USC to get beat 
We shall see. Until tomorrow, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Let's be kind to one another and be happy.